What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. We're making an ad. Napping ads. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Wait, is Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> so um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The <laughs> Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week we're sitting down and talking about the 1988 forgettable as fuck slasher <laughs> film Destroyer, starring Anthony Hopkins as director, in quotes, according to the open <laughs> credits of this movie. So let's sit down and discuss the movie that I picked, uh, because... I don't know. It's not the worst thing ever. I guess. No, it's really not that bad. But um, as you watch it, you realize why it was forgotten. Yeah. You know, it's just like so mediocre. Like everything is just about two thirds of the amount of energy or interest level that it needs to have to be like a memorable story. So, yeah, uh, Destroyer. Um Definitely didn't destroy any expectations. But I have a fun story about this. So as listeners know, I often will look up and find digital, like YouTube. Uh, I, I, my, one of my jobs in our crew is to find the location where Brian and I can watch the movies. Because Matt obviously owns every fucking movie ever. So... He doesn't have to have that. He doesn't have that problem. Uh, but Brian and I, the plebs that we are, um, <laughs> we have to find them. And uh, so I, I'll always check 
you know, Shutter, Hulu, Netflix, and then look, check YouTube, and then check like the more esoteric locations that are probably, you know, NSA honeypots or, uh, you know, Nigerian princes are taking all of our information. So this one was super hard to find uh, online because, again, it's forgotten for good reason. And it's, um, I found this super sketchy website that was terrible to watch it on. And I bid on a VHS copy of Destroyer on eBay. I was the only bid and won. (laughs) (laughs) So that showed up, but I had the confidence to be like, I'll let them fight this out. (laughs) I don't know, man. I spent a lot of time on eBay and that it's one of the more ridiculous, uh, assumptions that i've i've encountered you know it's not like somebody's selling dirty panties you know they're selling a copy of destroyer (laughs) so any case i won the bid you know the opening bid i there was no reserve so it it, it is now i am now the uh proud question mark owner of a vhs copy of destroyer but i couldn't get my vcr to work and i was like fuck i really need to get this movie watched and so i was watching it on that sketchy website that i sent to brian which I'm guessing that you watched it on. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I watched it and I got very confused at first because there's a lot of pop-ups and I'm like, oh, yeah, I told you to me. X out of all the pop-ups. Yeah. I was like, he just sent me house three again. And uh, I was like, yep. oh no, this is actually a different movie. But <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's very confusing because it could be house three or shocker or shock yeah. dead or the movie any- literally the literally the movie starts in like the middle of shocker. Like that's how the movie opens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I, I wanted to, the, the last thing I'll say, and then we get into the actual movie is that, so I watched two thirds of it digitally and I was like, I wanted to pull my eyes out because I was so bored. And then I, I got a working VA, VCR and it became such a better experience. <laughs> so much better. So there is something about the magic of VHS tape watching um, that I feel like Stephen and other Matt on Analog Jones, they really got the right idea there because this movie is a lot more pleasant when you have the analog feel. So... Something that neither one of you probably experienced between your sketchy ass website and your VHS <laughs> tape is I watched this on the Blu-ray that Scream Factory oh put out, God. and uh, at the very start of it, it apologizes <laughs> um, and basically is like, "Hey, in order to get this masterpiece on Blu-ray, um, we had we had a lot of trouble finding original film stock." Uh, so the the title card in this movie is going to say Shadow, Shadow of, of Death. Death. Yeah, no, I promise you, it's Destroyer. Like, <laughs> yeah, we got the same thing. We got cool. Shadow of Death. But did you get the little warning that popped up before the movie started? Because that made me laugh. Was that they actually inserted a black text like, "Hey, don't freak out." No, no, they, <laughs> it's they didn't, um, give us a warning. I just got confused. Um, <laughs> It's two movies in two months that have a completely different title card than the movie that we were planning to discuss. Yeah, and they're almost the identical title card. Yeah. (laughs) Shadow of Death, Edge of Hell. Um, Anyway, so let's – so we start off with an execution by electrician – by electrician. uh, By electrocution. And and all he – all Lyle, what's-his-face, does is just do this ridiculous laugh. (laughs) 
Um, but his elect, uh, the electrocution actually causes a power outage. And, uh, there's, I have to say right out the gate, there's some, there's moments in this movie that I really like. And they take off, they try to take off the like electrocution helmet and it like rips his skin off and it's all burnt on the sides of his heads. Yeah. yeah and I was pretty... like, that's a pretty fucking dope, <laughs> like extra detail in this movie. Um, they had to do something, but, yeah, we're, but we're missing a great line. I want to talk about this one line. I didn't take a lot of lines from the movie because there aren't a whole lot of good lines, but this is a great fucking line. Um, the, the, the priest who's basically just like some dude that some like skater dude. It's actually the guy from demonic toys who drives the chicken <laughs> truck. Um, and he comes in dressed as a priest and he goes, would you like, your to finish your last meal, son. And Lyle turns to him and goes, "I'd like one of these motherfuckers to get a B." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, it turns out that Lyle's not dead, and he kills a priest, and he's Wait, going. So, after- so, what's the explanation here? Because, like, I watched the movie, and I still don't have answers. Yeah, so, he's not a ghost. He is. He is alive. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. Here's a fun fact. And this is based on wiki information as well. But the actor who played Lyle only appeared in a handful of movies. He was a former football player turned actor, which explains so much. So much, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but one of the other movies that he appeared in was Ernest Goes to Camp. Oh, which, okay. Which makes a lot of sense because Destroyer acts on the Ernest Goes to Jail logic in which electricity just makes him stronger. (laughs) And that's from the wiki. That's not from my brain. That's according to Wikipedia, electricity just makes him stronger. So that's why like later on in the movie, spoiler alert, when they try to electrocute him again, he's just fine. He gets up like it's no thing. Uh, So I will say my double feature is not Ernest goes to jail, but I was really tempted. Um, so, So Lyle kills the priest and he's about to kill the executioner, and then turns out that it's all a dream, and that all that did happen, though, 18 months earlier, but they're shooting a movie inside the prison now. And you're and, also missing the most important part of this, is that Deborah Foreman, mm-hmm. uh, from Waxwork, is the female lead. And yes. she is gorgeous in it, actually. You know, I, I don't think that she's nearly as cute in this movie as she is in um, in Waxwork, but that's just... I think she's it's the haircut. Cute, she's just got a cute face, though, no matter what. Oh yeah, she's she's adorable, and she liked my she liked I I tagged her in something like years ago on my personal Instagram, and she liked it, and I was like, oh, Deborah Foreman liked this thing about her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a winner. Um, uh, she also has like two or three really good like she probably has the funniest quotes in the movie. Um, so we get to the movie set. They're they're filming like. Uh, an exploitation grindhouse like women's prison movie yeah in there and anthony hopkins as stated is the director in quotes and we meet this wacky cast of people but there's so deborah way uh deborah foreman is dating the screenplay writer and she's a stunt woman and he, the screenplay writer gets all excited because they deliver the dummy that they're going to use for the it's big got tits and everything. Best and, <laughs> and he, yeah. Well, he makes a comment where he's like, he asked her about having sex with a dummy. And she goes, sex with a dummy for you is called masturbation. And I was like, yeah, zinger. 
All right, so we start to meet our random characters in the movie, and uh, I got a lot of notes about the introduction of Rewire, the special oh effects god. guy. Oh my god! Oh yeah. Oh man, who talks like the Christian Slater alien in Space Invaders, and <laughs> and you introduce him while he's listening and singing along to a song called "Kiss, Kiss My, my Stink You White, white Ass." ass. <laughs> yes, and I I heard I so I watched this movie one time. And I will only ever watch this movie one time. But that song is stuck in my head. I took a note and it reminded me. And I was just like, kiss my stinky white ass. Like, it's, it, it's so catchy in a horrible way, in the worst way. Uh, uh, like, I doubled down on my Scott Roger today. And at some points, for the most part, I watched the movie at 1.25 speed. Um, some parts I watched it at 2. It was, <laughs> I just had it like a Benny Hill chase scene. Is <laughs> most of the movie. Because other than the perverts about the doll, which is a, you know, not to be a shitbag, but it's a very realistic looking doll. I'll give them (laughs) that. But that's everyone's first question. Does it have boobs and stuff? No, it's does it have tits and everything is the actual line, which is just so much worse. Like, why is that everybody? Why is everybody asking that? Why? Because they're all horny cameramen. When when was the last time you got laid? When was the last time you didn't? Yeah, and like that's actually that's an actual line from the movie too. By the way, I have done some dumb things in my relationship, and I have I have really said some stuff where I should have shoved a foot in my mouth before I said it to Jade. But I have enough common sense to be like, "Hmm, I'd like to fuck this doll." I just feel like it wouldn't go over well. I don't, you know, maybe 88 was a different time. Maybe. Maybe. Um, So this is where we start to, to learn a little bit about Moser, the killer, Uh, because Rewire's like, yo, check it. I found his boot melted to the floor. (laughs) Maybe we can can find find the other. And then we'll have two boots. (laughs) That's that Rewire. That Rewire guy is insufferable. (laughs) But like he's he's such a like a character from an eighties movie, you know what I mean? Where they're like, this guy's gonna be the coolest. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. You know who he really reminds me of? He reminds me of the um, the albino in Disturbing Behavior. Oh. I actually wow. thought about it for a second when I was watching this, and I was like, Do you think he was? You think he was in Disturbed Behavior? I was like, nah, 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 that wouldn't make sense. That was like 20 years later. So it was only 10 years later. Fuck! Um, so uh, the warden shows up because the the screenplay writer is stirring some shit. He's like, I, for one, believe that the reason why a riot broke out was because the criminals were mistreated, uh, which may or may not be true. But the warden's just like, listen here, motherfucker. <laughs> like... I'm letting you film here, and if you want to keep filming here, you shut your goddamn trap. And then he gets set on fire in the bathroom. So Yeah. Oh, I love that scene, though, because <laughs> it is actually quite disgusting when the barbecued hand, like, flops on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's – it's. I mean, they they didn't get lazy on the kills. Like, like some of them aren't great, but but it's not – like, a lot of these kills could have very much just been, like – you know, you see a close up of the the flamethrower shooting the flame, and then we cut to the next scene. Like they they did follow through on oh, the yeah. kills, which you know gives them a little bit of a, a thumb up in my book. Um, they tried. So, 
they, they yeah. tried with this movie. <laughs> That's the most positive. Thing. It has a lot of heart. It's it's, it's yeah. the opposite of like something that we talked about last month. It's very different than like Rocktober Blood, where like Rocktober Blood didn't feel like an effort. It felt yeah. like a cash grab. This was like, no, we want to make like a slasher. Like you could tell they wanted this to be a franchise one day. Like they oh, really yeah. were like putting their money down on this being a, a good and, movie. And that always makes me enjoy a, a horror movie a little bit more. Yeah, it's just where I, you can tell that they want to keep going with it. They're not yeah. just like, well, this will be a quick buck. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's got to be hard. It's got to be hard <laughs> to make, you know. <laughs> I, I think, <laughs> you know, I I like destroyer like um i didn't hate my watch of it it, it was mm-hmm. slow it was definitely slow and i think that the pay if they had edited it better maybe the pacing would have been more entertaining and you know but i i agree with both of you guys that their heart was in the right place their hearts mm-hmm. were in the right place and it does have some charming parts to it but this is definitely one of those movies that 30 years later only people like us can get glean any sort of positivity from oh, watching no. it. If I showed this to like one of my friends who is like a casual horror fan, they'd be like, this is trash. Why are you making me watch this? Yeah. Um, this isn't even as bad as some of the stuff that we watch. Yeah. No. Uh, so let's talk about the scene that Scott loves so much. He sent Brian and I a video of it. <laughs> um, the electric chair is tested out on the dummy. Well, and, and we get rewire well. like talking. He's like, Sometimes people wake up from dreams and they're like, where am I? And I sometimes I wake up from dreams and think, whoa, or what? I don't know. It's yeah. God whoa, damn. Where am I? Now, if people, <laughs> some people dream and say, why not? I dream and say, whoa, where am I? That oh, was God. the line, I think. Yes, I think that, that you're right. Yeah. That is such a, um, that's such like a we're writing a part for Tommy Chung, but we don't know if he can do it. So, like, <laughs> yeah, I just feel like, I feel like in their mind, they're like, this is going to be like the end credits where we show bloopers and he's going to say this. And then the whole cast is going to start laughing and we're going to go cut. cut. Okay. All right. Good take. Good take. But I will say this about that scene. Um as the melting know, dummy looks gross as hell. Yes, yeah, I love as you melting dummy. No, I love to make like little videos on Instagram. Um, that is a great that is a great clip for like a video. Yeah, a, a music video montage of like any fucking like I don't think I'd ever make a video in honor of Destroyer, but like <laughs> as a transition, I would definitely. Why not? Clip. Wait, so so here's the thing. So I got to point this out because it made me laugh way harder than anything else in this movie. So they've got the they've got the thing correct. The dummy's melting, and the actress who the dummy represents is screaming. Yeah, but she's literally saying the exact same quote that Winona Ryder yells at Otho when he summons Gina Davis, where she's like, "Stop it! Can't you see you're hurting her?" And it's like <laughs> it's a dummy. Like it's a <laughs> yeah, yeah. It has no feelings. It's- it's plastic, but she's so defensive of it. Um, but I, called- I love that actress. Whoever played uh, something Fox, whatever. The- yeah, sh- we'll get there. She has a monologue that is like borderline heartbreaking just because you're like, this is so real yeah. to many actresses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Her, her whole character is like 
pretty fucking depressing. And yeah. uh, but but I do really love that. Um, again, we get another dynasty joke. Uh, they go, you know, we watch Rock and Roll Nightmare, and they're like, "There's no dynasty." And then um, so after the the dummy f- gets fried, it flips the breakers in the the uh, prison, I guess, and like locks the doors, right? And so then it sets male and female hero down to the basement to go flip the switch. And while they're in there, Ms. Fox goes, we're missing dynasty. <laughs> um, and well, I think this that, is, is where... that what she says that she hates everybody? I think so. I can't remember. No, 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 no. That's later. That's later. Um, Harris. So this is, so they separate and Harris, uh, this is where Harris falls into Moser's hole. Uh, oh, the, which, the the sewer. Yeah, this the solitary confinement that they shoved Ivan Moser into, um, and down there the warden is like all charred up, and he the the they have like this ex guard slash janitor Russell that's helping him out, oh, and God, Russell, Russell Russell gets Harris out of the hole, and then he looks into the hole where the warden's burnt body is, and he's just like <laughs> deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and this is where, much like in Sick, we get a doll that has a note on it as a warning. <laughs> oh yeah, the, I don't, I don't think that the the notes were useful to the story or the, the, the dolls at all. I don't. Uh, it was just kind of like this very trite way of them being like, "Hey, Moshe's fucked in the head." Yeah, that's basically it. Um. So, oh, is this the part where we get the uh, the coveted the- and rare male shower scene? I don't know if I remember. <laughs> I don't know where it is, but I wrote a note that we got a male shower scene, which happens very seldom. I mean, then Deborah Foreman jumps in and they make love under the water. And we had that conversation oh, again with yeah, Rock and yeah, Roll yeah. Nightmare. Lots, but but it starts with just a male shower scene, which is very rare. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have down, I, I just completely skipped that in my notes and got to where uh, the cop comes looking for the warden. And Russell diverts his attention by saying, hold on, I got a PP. That's when he goes into the bathroom and that's when we see that Mosher's still alive and he's got a jackhammer and he's going to jackhammer this cop to death. Yeah. And, 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 um, the, the guard like flicks the tip of the, um, jackhammer on the other side of the wall. And he's like laughing maniacally. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> but like, I gotta say, it's a good visual of this just jacked up dude holding a jackhammer and coming at you. Yeah, uh, so well, that's, then it became the cover. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and that also is um, a re- uh, the you know people will do those like um, you like VCR of death on Instagram. That guy's always putting up yeah. kill scenes, and and that's one of his favorites. Yeah, uh, VCR Death is a great dude. He comes to the Geekscape booth at Comic Con. Oh, cool! Um, so <laughs> uh, this is where the star quits. She quits because they put her in the electric chair and rigor- uh, triggered it to actually yeah, shock her for a more right. realistic scene. And that's yeah, Anthony Perkins out. really gets to use his acting chops there. Oh yeah, uh, and she freaks out, and then she has her drunken monologue with the charred dummy. Yes, that's right. Which makes it all the more depressing and also weirdly touching that she's like chatting with this dummy that she was so 
upset about. Yeah, but, but then, like, is that when she's wearing her Miss Dairyland seventy two sash? Yes, yes. <laughs> and then Russell gets Russell kills her. Yeah. Um, and then we get the other shower scene uh, with all the wi- that that is straight exploitation. I mean, super I super exploitation. Um, but it does have one of the best lines in the movie where <laughs> where I decided that I really love the character of Maloney. Um, Malone. Where are they? Malone, sorry, Malone, where uh, uh, Swan or whatever her name was uh, doesn't show up. And Fox. He says, yeah. Yeah. Fox doesn't show up. So he's just like, Malone, get in there. We'll shoot you from behind. And she goes, where my ass is. Yes, I have that line, too. <laughs> and then and then Anthony Perkins is like, animate girls, animate. <laughs> uh, but my God, like uh, outside of that line, I could probably live without the shower scene. Yeah, because they're not. They're they're full fully naked. That's like seven or eight women fully naked, and I just I don't I I don't feel comfortable with that. You know, well, like it, they didn't get paid nearly enough for that. They did, and it's it's like it's weird because you're clearly watching a scene that's supposed to be mocking exploitation stuff, but it's being super exploitation while doing yeah. so. Yeah, so yeah. it's like a weird like conundrum. Yeah. Um, and this movie, I don't understand how this movie didn't get like an X rating in 88. I don't know if they were really still doing that, but like there's there's labia visible. Yeah, yeah. there there definitely is. Um, and you know who loves seeing it, though, is uh, Bozer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and this, but this leads to this amazing scene. Like, I actually really like how this is handled because you see that there's the, the shower stuff going. He's peeping through a hole watching it and getting like all worked up. And then <laughs> Malone walks off, like walks away from the set. And in the distance, you hear the killing spree start to happen. Yeah, that is cool. Like, like, it's a really cool way to like, let's get rid of these characters. Let's not waste time showing all the kills. Let's find a way that it happens where we're following our main character and it's happening off screen. Now, that was a really smart little like trick to to cut down your cast real quickly without having to spend a lot of money on the gore. That's what I was about um, to say. Do you think that it was them being clever or just frugal? <laughs> I think both. I think both really. Um, but I mean, it's not like they were frugal because, uh, you know, Anth- I keep writing Anthony Hopkins in my notes and it's definitely Anthony. I Perkins. did that too, yes. but yeah, yeah, I did that um, once and I was like, Anthony Perkins, Anthony Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, they, I mean, Anthony Perkins death, goes into some pretty gross levels so they definitely still were willing to to have the gore yeah uh, yeah that's that's the thing is that this movie is very it, it's a roller coaster just because it's so boring at port parts but then so charming in others and super fucking gory and really gross like uh, we've seen a lot of gross shit in our time just doing this show alone much less our entire lives of horror movies and um anthony perkins death is pretty gross but then the grossest thing I've ever seen for horror movie night is when the killer is eating Deborah Foreman's hair. It's like a close up of him oh, putting the hair so in his gross. mouth. And oh, so man, gross. I can handle a lot, but I can't handle that. So there's one thing that's happening before all that goes on, which is that there's this weird subplot where all of the casting crew, um, which, again, is actually accurate to filmmaking, where it's like, okay, it's a closed set, we're going to have a lot of naked women, so it's like, only the most required people be on set, so everyone else is like, sitting at a diner, 
And that's oh where the Harris, exposition diner, yeah, yeah. Well, that's where Harris find, meets Fingers, the man who executed Moser. Then he gets all of the exposition about how he lives in there, and that's when he has the line, "Why don't you talk to Russell? Russell's his daddy." What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, so so Anthony Perkins is strapped into the electric chair. He gets electrocuted. There's a close up of his eyeball eye exploding. Popping. Yeah. yeah. Oh my that god, was, that was a good scene. I enjoyed uh, that. And then Harris gets there. And this is so funny to me is he jumps out of the taxi cab and he goes, stay here. And the cab driver says, sure thing. And then the taxi just drives away. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I have to say, like, Harris is kind of an idiot in this movie because, like, he shows up. Right. He blows open this gate and then he's still like super trusting of all of these random people. Like he's like talking with Russell, like Russell, what's going on? Hey, (laughs) it's like fucking, you know, that just get Malone and get the hell out of there. But I love, 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 love that Malone survives on her stunt double skills. Yeah. I think that that is fucking awesome. Like she's like, I can take this jump. I know how to land this jump. I know how to get out of these handcuffs. Like, She's actually like a smart, like she's using her skills to survive, which is so much better than when it's just like a woman in peril that just lucks out. Yeah. Yeah. Although, I mean, and we'll get into this in um, a week or two here, but um, I do also kind of get a bit of a thrill from the idea that um, sometimes living through a slasher movie is pure luck. Yeah. Yeah. Now, sometimes it is, but I do love when it's like, or they're just a total badass. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I like it all. I mean, I, I feel like we've we've been so starved for good slasher flicks, like modern flash, slasher flicks. I think the last really good one was like, mm, <laughs> fuck, I don't even I don't even want to say because I, I know that I haven't really given this a whole lot of thought. And uh, so I, I, I don't know. Anyway, um. We're so hard up for good slasher flicks now that when I see a, a competent one from years past that I'd never seen before, I just automatically give it props. Yeah. I think that's what happened when I watched this for the first time. I was just like, oh, that was fun and I've never seen it. Um, so it's really not that bad. Like, it's just no. it's not. It, there's a reason why it was forgotten or why it's, yeah. uh, you know, like why it's. Not, but it's perfect for what we do. Yes. Like for what horror movie night is, this is like the most horror movie night movie in a while. Because it's just a dumb, forgotten 80s slasher that's fun and has good kills. Like, that's yep. all we ever need. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're simple men. <laughs> what I, it's what a I good enough film that it looks like I'm flatlining. Because I... <laughs> <laughs> um, what I could have done without is Moser and Russell, Russell calling Malone a bitch every other sentence. Yeah. Like, that word gets thrown around... A lot in the last 20 minutes of this movie. <laughs> it gets thrown around in a lot of horror movies. Yeah, but this one, like, sometimes I don't notice it, but this one, I was like, Jesus Christ. Because yeah. <laughs> it's Calm like with down. Venom. Well, because they're just like, listen here, you bitch. Stop <laughs> acting like a bitch, you bitch. Like, like, <laughs> um, you know what finally, the plot keywords for this movie are? What? Evil man, female nudity. Female frontal nudity, serial killer slasher. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they knew what to put up front. Um, So Malone sets Moser on fire, and then she blows him up. 
But she has a nightmare that he's still alive. But then it turns out he's probably dead, but Harris is still alive. But he's like in a hospital bed in a coma. And that's Destroyer. (laughs) (laughs) Ends on a real somber note. (laughs) But it's also like a a very odd. There's no gotcha at the end of this movie. So I, I and I also one of the big things about slashers is that the slasher usually gets a lot more screen time. You know, there's like the ominous kind of plot plotting plod not plot but plodding nature of slasher flicks um i don't know if this is really like a a a cut and dry slasher because it lacks it's got like the kills and it's got a killer but i don't know um it's missing a couple of those elements for it to have been a, a a more by the by the numbers slasher flick especially the fact that that there's no gotcha at the end i wish that there was yeah i that definitely like is a huge statement on you know maybe they didn't expect this to become a franchise but i mean they also don't show moser's body but it it feels weird to do that hospital scene unless someone was just like i really want harris to be alive and they're like okay well, well we'll film it because i feel like any other slasher film from the 80s he would have you been have dead. Yeah, you have the explosion yep. and then it goes to credits. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you don't need anything after that. So, like, the hospital scene slash nightmare felt like a really weird extra piece of the puzzle. Well, uh, it's, it's actually, it reminds me of, or not it reminds me, but it, it feels like, um, it's like they did the gotcha in reverse. Yeah. You know, it's supposed to be like they're safe and then there's the gotcha at the end of a slasher flick. But instead, they got the... There's the gotcha, and then they're safe, which is, I okay. I mean, I, it seems like they knew what they were doing, so uh, that was a very intentional thing. I don't know, uh, but, but Brian, did you do your uh, six degrees to Beetlejuice or nah? I did. Um, <laughs> it doesn't sound happy about it. I mean, Deborah Foreman, she was in The Experts, 1989, also star- starred Kelly Preston, who was in Jack Frost, not the horror movie. The family movie with Michael with Keaton. With Michael Keaton. Keaton. Nice. Right. This, right. is, I don't know. It's like uh, this movie is bathwater to me. So I just i i didn't I didn't come ready. You know, I didn't come <laughs> jacked up. It was just like, yeah, you know, they tried to they tried to make sure most things in the movie. What I do respect is like there's an explanation to most things in the movie. You know. Oh so yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Like the number one thing where it's like the the janitor being the dad is the dumbest thing. Yeah, but it's it also raises. Yeah, but it answers like the one biggest question where it's like, so how has this guy survived living in an abandoned prison for all these years? But it was eight, only eighteen months, actually, right? Yeah, but you know, food and laying low. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So his dad was feeding him. I don't. I don't know. It was just like a. I really respect it. I appreciate the effort, but it's it, it just falls into the category. I guess what really see Scott, you really screwed me um, last month because fucking black roses, and I just want another black roses. I want to discover something where it's like I will watch this movie again, and this is fun, and I can't wait to show people this movie. And I, I didn't know that. I didn't black know that roses. you. But you. I, I I just I listened to that when we dropped the episode and you ha- sounded like you had fun but like 
I had no idea. And you didn't mention it in our conversations that you were so happy about Black Roses that this is blowing my mind right now. Sorry, Destroyer is not going to be that movie for you. <laughs> so, so here's the thing is like Black Roses. I was like, that was fun. You know, that was a fun movie. And I probably at the time of recording, I didn't I actually didn't really think of it until we did the 31 songs of Halloween and you post it me against the world. And then I added it to my Spotify playlist. And I'm like, wow, this movie's fucking awesome. (laughs) Are fucking awesome. And so me and Jay don't have friends and we're trying to get friends. Um, So we've been hanging out with this other couple. And that was the first thing I asked the husband, because I know he's like, I like B-horror movies. It's like, do you like hair metal? Because if you do, I'm going to let you borrow Black Roses. It's, it's (laughs) It's my icebreaker now. I like that. Yeah. But I'm telling you, Brian, I really think you also need to give Rock and Roll Nightmare another shot uh, because it seemed like when you watch the last like 20 minutes by yourself, you're like, oh, man, this is amazing. Yeah, (laughs) and it it is. And it is pre Black Roses. Like it's the same director of Black Roses, same writer, just doing a movie before he could get bands like Lizzie Borden to be in his film. (laughs) (laughs) It was when he really was. It was John Fasano against the world. Wow. <laughs> I am for real. <laughs> God, such a good song. What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. We're making an ad. Napping ads. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm-hmm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> so um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The <laughs> Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. Ah, the smell of the video store. I love this place. Do you remember when you could just look at the walls of covers? We had to choose just by looking at the cover and reading the crappy synopsis. It was, you were leaving with one 
And the only way to know what new movies were coming out is you actually had to watch the trailers instead of skipping them. Right. We didn't have the internet to look it up. We had one guy named Todd behind the counter that would <laughs> tell us what was good or not. <laughs> and Todd strangely liked way too many romantic comedies. Yes, but you always knew when the boobies were coming because Todd made sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and remember all the awful CG we had to put up with in the mid-90s? <laughs> we talk about that a lot, don't we? Join us on Analog Jones and the Temple Film where we talk about VHS tapes. And we wax nostalgia like none other. Alright, so what is your guys' double features with Destroyer? I'll go first because it's lame and I already mentioned it. I would like to not pick this since I mentioned it, but fucking horror show, man. House three. <laughs> Do you it's really want to make anybody sit through both of those back to back? Because that's just pure torture. It's just like, let's watch that again, but from a different perspective. <laughs> <laughs> slightly slightly more mean, slightly less fun, but there's a guy whose head's on a turkey, so... Okay, that's missing something, I know. Rodney Dangerfield jokes. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, Horror so, show. <laughs> so my double feature, I went with a movie that involves a killer who's loose on a film set where something tragic happened previously. And we're probably going to talk about it. One of these days on the podcast, I picked return to horror high. I Ooh, actually, curve that was, I thought you were going one way. I thought you were zigging and you zagged. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because that was on my mind uh, as we were discussing the movie, but I didn't say anything because I can never remember the name of that movie. <laughs> Oh. And uh, and mine is um, pretty obvious. I, I think that this is super obvious, but you would start with prison and then mm -hmm. you would watch Destroyer if people could make it through. through. I mean, like, I don't want to have prison be the carrot on the stick because prison is so fun. Um, and they're pretty much the same idea that Brian had where it's like, do you want to watch the same movie twice? Yeah. But prison is so much better. <laughs> prison is way better. And the kills are way more insane because it's ghost logic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we get that barbed wire kill, which is basically oh, so brutal. it's oh, that's so like brutal. A Hellraiser kill in the no, middle it's of not Hellraiser. It's Event Horizon. Yeah. Ooh. Oh God, Brian, you need to see Prison. You would love the shit out of Prison. Yeah, if we hadn't already done an episode on that, that shit would be on my list right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was Destroyer, also known as Shadow of. Death from 1988, <laughs> as picked by me. Now, here's the thing. Next week, you know, the horror community should come together as one. We should all meld into one group. And that's what we're going to try to do with next week's episode. So tune in, see what happens. Could be a lot of fun. You never know. You never know. So make sure that you tune in. But in the meantime, while you're waiting to find out what lovely, gooey, gross film we talk about, <laughs> we, be sure that you are hitting up HMMPodcast.com and that you're checking out all of the other episodes. We're dropping bonus episodes like crazy lately. Uh, also, go and rate and review us on iTunes. Apparently, it's super helpful. Uh, apparently, our SEO is like out of control lately, which is fantastic. Let's keep that going. Uh, and follow us on any of the social medias. I, I've done a mediocre job with the Twitter, but Scott kills it with the Instagram all week long. And the Facebook page is just 
a home away from home for us. So go and hang out on the Facebook page. But in the meantime, we will be back next Friday morning. So stay tuned and we will be back with another episode of Horror Movie Night. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. We're making an ad. Napping ads. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm-hmm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> so um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The <laughs> Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.